Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast is sponsored by our newest football betting tip partner at www.romapress.co.uk. Again, www.romapress.co.uk, where you can find the absolute best football betting tips. This past weekend, 93% accuracy. That's the Premier League, Serie A, Ligue 1, La Liga, as well as the Dutch League and the Bundesliga. If you bet on football, if you want to win more money for the price of a coffee per week, go to www.aromapress.co.uk to get all of these tips. Again, it's for six leagues across Europe with 93% accuracy. Start winning more bets and winning more money www.aromapress.co.uk. We're also brought to you by Euro Fantasy League for the very best in online fantasy football. Regardless if you're looking for a Premier League game, Serie A game, Champions League game, they have it all as well as some great original content. Again, eurofantasyleague.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Not going to waste time. Going to bring Andy on now to discuss Roma Empoli. And then after Andy gets off, um, I'm going to bring on my good friend Daniel Lissoni. He and I uh, discuss a little bit of Ranieri, Di Francesco, Monchi, just because I wanted to get another perspective. Obviously, Andy and I discussed it uh, last week when it initially happened, but uh, since we've had some time to sort of uh, revel in it, uh, digest it a little bit more, I wanted to get another perspective. Um, however, uh, when when Daniel was brought on, uh, it was before, just before the match against Empoli, so we didn't get into that. But Andy and I do discuss it, so let me bring Andy on now, and then... Uh, I will bring Daniel on to discuss Ranieri, Di Francesco, Manchi, all that good stuff. So thank you. Hope you enjoy. All right, Andy. It was a uh, it wasn't a pretty performance, but Roma they just escaped dropping points. Very very weird display. A lot of good, a lot of bad. What did you make of it? Uh, I'll make. I made of it what. Ranieri said, uh, listen, he had three days to um, three days with the team, one full training. Uh, we had argue, we had six starters out, seven if you count Fazio. Uh, I don't, but anyway, six starters that that's a lot. And, and we just came off a, 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 a very demoralizing loss against Porto playing. 120 minutes, uh, many of the players that were on the pitch had been involved in that game. Um, so it was obviously it wasn't going to be easy, but I thought, listen, Ranieri was not brought in here to, to, to as we said, to be a tactician. He was brought in here to change uh, the motivation, to improve the motivation. I think, uh, I think this game showed some glimpses of it and uh there was definitely uh you know some Ranieri in this game and 
you know, for the first one, it was good. Uh, I'm just glad we escaped with the three points when uh, when Empoli equalized in the dying minutes. I, I I felt like jumping off a bridge. I'm glad that did not happen. Um, so that's that, those are my thoughts. I need someone to explain to me how in the hell. Um, listen, I'm. I think statistics. They they need to be taken with a grain of salt if you're not watching the entire match. But the XG was Roma's lowest. So the expected goals conceded yesterday with Marcano, Juan Jesus, Santon at the back was their lowest of the season. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. But if you look at the you, – you mentioned the Pagella, the, the ratings from the match. I mean, everybody, yeah. every newspaper rated every defender pretty, pretty poorly except uh, Santon, maybe Marcano. Marcano, Marcano. Marcano. Yeah. Um, that was uh, – even Olsen got a really bad marking, and I – I rightly so, rightly so. Yeah, I, his distribution, in my opinion, is not good. But tell me if you agree or disagree. They at least looked organized, whether or not that the uh, – obviously the quality of the players at the back, nobody is disputing that they're not very good at the moment. But at least they were organized, no? Agree, agree. I think that's I, – I was going to say that, that um, uh, again – you know, it's impossible. It's impossible to implement a whole new uh, tactical game plan in in what now eleven games. It's really it, it's just difficult to do. But um, but uh, to change the motivation to 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 you know want to see the players fight for every ball. Um, and yesterday you could see that you could see the team playing defense and 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 just trying to be organized if you watch those final six minutes where mainly it's Empoli in possession and we're just sitting back because we are one man down um you can see the communication between the players and that's not something you 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 saw recently in the recent games you can see midfielders switch press uh you can see Perotti dictating who goes and presses who and 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 Zonzi as well so you know that's all we can ask for right now obviously individual mistakes like you know the one that led to the own goal by Juan Jesus is something that this team this season will not be able to get rid of because um we're a flawed team we have uh, we have players that, that make stupid decisions make stupid mistakes get and sometimes they panic when when uh, uh, um, it you know the the match becomes more intense. So that's inevitable. But uh, I think that's what Ranieri wants: is that the whole team gets behind it. And yesterday, when they were one man down, you can see you could see some of the players were afraid of the situation we're in, but they all worked as a team. They did, and. Now, I will say a lot of the players, it's just really funny, a lot of the names that we saw struggle under Di Francesco, it takes them one match under Ranieri, and they look infinitely better. For instance, and I, I've got to, I'm going to have a bit of a, take issue with our good friend Austini, who gave Nzonzi a five and a half. I thought that was his best performance. Uh, um, yeah. I thought Nzonzi was incredible yesterday. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Yeah, and again, you know, um, 
it's I just think they they just uh, the 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 game was very simple. The way they played was very simple. But I like the fact that the possession was not wasted this time. I think yesterday it was just Ranieri just went to back to the basics and and wasn't asking of the players to do things that he knew they were not good at. So. There were very few verticalizations. There were very few right. uh, long balls, which is something that we used to see all the time under Di Francesco, um, which was very incompatible with his idea of football because uh, it, it, his idea was to to be uh, to have possession, and instead he just told his players to to go for the long balls and give it away. And instead, yesterday, those first sixty minutes. We controlled the tempo of the game. We we didn't waste uh, possession. We didn't waste balls. We tried to you know control everything, and it just it just worked better. And yes, Nzonzi was fantastic. I thought the start was a bit slow, but then he just started really really running and 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 and, and getting into the opposition's face and. Another player was was Clivert. He, I thought he played much more freely. Um, it, it, you, it, it seemed like you know he had some weight off his shoulders, and um, so I think this was just more of a collective win. And and it, it's nice to get away with a two uh, uh, two to one, and it was just nice to see the team approach a game like this differently. I was going to mention Cliver. Um, he looked very, very good. He did it. You, you just mentioned it. He looked like almost like somebody took um, weights off of his shoulder and he could finally run. I mean, that was the most lively, in my opinion. He has looked since the first match of the season against Torino. True, true. And But the, the only thing, I think, again, you know... It, um, the the thing is that okay with Clivert uh, he still needs to learn that you can pass it to your teammate to finalize uh, an action so he's always trying to find the individual uh, skill which is fine because he's a talented player but again we I think this, the most important thing uh, is that is that this team will now live off motivation and and I think Ranieri can grant that and. We we heard uh, him talk about what he said, to, for example, to Clivert. He he basically told him, you know what? Show me that you're not a waste of money. Show me you're not the one player Ajax should have given away. Show me you are talented. Show me you got what 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 we all thought you have. And and so and oh, again, the the thing goes for Schick as well. Uh, the fact that he spoke so highly of him and he said. If he just gives me the same effort he gave at Porto, uh, then he will play every game because he has the skill to be important for this team. And and we, I think I was thinking about it, and it, it, I think this is the first time in a while we have at Rome a coach that can speak so many languages like Ranieri. And, and that can undoubtedly help this squad because that means he can speak French with Nzonzi, that means he can communicate in English with the likes of Clivert and, and Cengiz. So I think that's a big boost, especially in a moment where the team has gone through a slump and 
you know, as a coach, you're supposed to give the team confidence and communication without a translator certainly helps that. Yeah, I think I think you made a great point there about the speaking several languages. And we've mentioned him a few times before. Um, El Shadawi, he's just putting this team on his back, isn't he? It's, yeah. It's absolutely incredible what he's gone from. I mean, coming into this season, we have to be we have to be honest with ourselves. He was a a a second choice player. He was not expected, frankly, to be one of the favorites to be playing every single weekend. And here he is, leading scorer of the team in the league, and his work rate is the thing that has absolutely astonished me. I mean, he he looks his attitude looks so much different this year. I, I'm really pleased with him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think yesterday, maybe not as a, as a. Hmm, maybe it's not something you'll see on the highlights. But I think if you watch the whole game, I think it's one of his best games for Roma in total. Just because the maturity he showed yesterday is something we were not used to El Sharawi, and the fact that, for example. Look at what he does. He, he, besides, I think that the fact that he got the armband uh, over, for example, Perotti uh, was was the right decision, and I think he responded to it very nicely. If you watch those final six minutes, the way he moved and he tracked back and and helped out in the defense, and then he um, there was the, the his counterattack where he basically led the whole counterattack from one end of the pitch to the other and uh, tried to gain a, a corner kick, but um, did not, unfortunately. But the, just it seems like he's become a smarter player. And right now I don't have the, the fear of him making the wrong decision, something that I, I kept constantly seeing at the beginning of the season. And I think it's great. He's 27 years of age, but you know this is the time, and 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 he responds to it very well. And it seems like he just wants to get better. And if if you want to make top four, we need that one player that gets into a groove. And if El Sharawi can be that, then more power to him. Uh, I'm very happy for him. And speaking of getting into a groove, I honestly think if there's any single player who could benefit from Danieri coming in, it could be Schick. And in his first match, he's been out injured just about a month. He comes back, he scores in his first match back. And I have to say, I, I, I think again, if there is a player who can really find his footing and maybe get some consistency, he's got to be one of the names. Um We've been, I mean, since the second Ranieri came back, everybody has been making their 4-4-2 predicted formations. And I honestly think that he could benefit from that. Yes, I also think so. And uh, I think that Ranieri just, listen, maybe we just sound very excited, but this whole new attitude is, uh, I, I, I just like it. I just like the fact that, a coach comes on and he says good things of a player he knows has been struggling for the past almost two years. Knows the the player f- has felt incredible pressure from all sides, and and he speaks highly of him. And the player responds, and that's something you know. 
again, that it's it, these final 11 games are not going to be about tactics. They're going to be about motivation, finding the right motivation for these players to just, you know, just just play to win, just play for the shirt. And that's something he stressed in his uh, in his press conference before the game where he basically said, I am aware that the players we have are, are, are talented, but they right now they need to show it. You know, they uh, a coach was sacked, a sporting director was fired. So right now the players need to show their worth. And 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 that again, that's exactly. I think a player like She can also be that fundamental piece that if he gets going, he can be fantastic. And uh, and. It seems like all all of Ranieri's intentions are are there to play him and Edin together, and I, I always thought it could benefit them. Uh, I think Di Francesco has never really believed in that partnership, and if he, he if he did, he always deployed Schick as a winger. Um, so I'm more than excited to see them together at Spal, uh, and I yeah I, I'm just very happy for for Schick. Yeah, and you, I, I think you've just touched upon it. So even in the post-match, just the way he speaks versus Di Francesco, Schick scores, and, and he's lifting him up. Cliver has a good performance, and he's list, he's lifting him up, whereas Di Francesco, I mean, we, we've talked about it a million times on here. It was, you know, Schick will score a goal or he'll get a double, and it's, well, he's got to do more. I expected more from him. True. And it, it was it, it was almost like it was illegal for Di Francesco to praise some of these guys. And it's funny. Um when 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 he came in, one of the first things Ranieri said was, I think this team needs to sort of the way it, it doesn't really translate well into English, but the way he said it was almost like these players need to be coddled, yeah. they need to be lifted up a bit, they need to be supported, they need to be loved again. And maybe that's what they need. Um I mean, when you and I talked about Di Francesco Monchi leaving, you know, I said that one of the first, like, in my mind, one of the first things I thought is it's not even going to matter, as you just said, tactically what Ranieri does. I just think his motivation, um, his ability to lift this team up, the excitement he can bring around the team in general is going to matter far more than anything, again, that he can do tactically. I mean, we can argue 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1 all day long, but you just mentioned what he said in the post-match. Um, he, he said a sporting director was fired, a manager was fired. It's time for you guys to take your responsibility. So I just think that the approach between Di Francesco and Ranieri could make the biggest difference in all of this. I, I think so too. And listen, again, uh, I, I think Roma made the right decision to select Ranieri. Look at how Look, it was it was enough that Ranieri just said in the press conference before the game, we will need the support of the fans. And last night, the fans were incredible, and they cheered everybody on. They cheered Nzonzi for for getting uh, for tracking back and, and and getting into the opposition's face. And and I think I think this is this is just a coach that knows uh, what. You know what can happen to a team that goes through a slump in Rome, and because really the amount of pressure that comes on when when things go wrong at Roma is incredible, and I I think he he find, he just found the right balance uh, in the way he just approached the whole situation. He said, you know, 
the fans will cheer you on. Uh, you guys have all the talent in the world. You just need to show it. We, you are aware of, of the price tags, of whatever Roma paid for you. You are here for a reason. And this is, this is the, the time to show it. This is the time to prove your worth. Um, and, and again, I, that's just something that, I mean, this is the first game. Okay. Let's not get carried away, but Di Francesco's approach was on the opposite side. It was when things went well, he spoke of himself more than the actual team. When, when things when things went well for some players, he he still criticized them. He still found ways to 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 put them down. And 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 this is not what a team that is in a slump needs. And and so uh, we can all just hope um, that this continues. Yeah. So now it's Spal. It's a match they unequivocally one thousand percent have to win because you're going to have Milan facing Inter in their derby. So oh, this yeah. is a match that there's no there's no if ands or buts. If you if you want Champions League, they have to win this. Now, what do you want to see from the formation? Um, to me, the the most terrifying thing is is and you can tell we're growing because we haven't mentioned him yet was. The defense and Florenzi. I mean, obviously he's not going to be there. He was sent off, but I don't know what to do with this defense. <laughs> I, I mean, part of me thought, okay, so you're going, you're not going to have Manolas, but I, you, we can't possibly have to see Juan Jesus again. But then the alternate to that is Fazio. So, what do you do? This defense, this defense is horrible, and and uh, even Ranieri has already uh, said so. And what he said was, we that we are still capable of scoring goals. It's not that we are not capable of scoring. It's just that we are not we are not defending well enough. And I think the only solution is the team gives a hundred percent effort on the defensive end, and 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 not that as we've seen countless times this season, the whole team goes forward, the defense goes way too high, and then nobody helps out. And and then it's a one-on-one or or three-on-two and whatever. You're always in, in, a, in a situation where you're in the disadvantage side. So this, def- these, these, this defense is going to be horrible. I, I still want to shout out Marcano because I think yesterday he had a very good game and nobody talks about it because he's not a, a fancy-looking player. And and uh, he just he did just fine. He looked much better than than uh, the usual Fazio that we see play in that position. Uh, but the defense is going to be terrible. So uh, I just think that as long as you keep that same approach that we kept yesterday, uh, playing that a classic lineup, a classic formation where possession is clean, possession is not risky, we don't give the ball away, we don't get caught on too many counterattacks, then it's fine, especially against these smaller sides like Spal, because those are the sides that we really struggle against. And I mean, yesterday I saw these statistics where the chances, uh, uh, the shots on, on goal that we allow to teams like Empoli and, and, and Chievo and, and Bologna, and it's just, that is not what Roma 
what Roma just can do and, and still hope to get that fourth spot. So I think the most important thing is, again, facing these smaller sides, play like yesterday, play just simple football uh, with the team that gets back and, and, and plays organized defensive football. And against the bigger, the stronger sides, I think it's just, again, it's just a matter of motivation. Again, there's nothing that they can do with this defense now. It's almost, as you mentioned, it's not even about who's out there. It's about the effort that everybody gives at the back because there's nothing you can do to fix it. Now, the only question in my mind, because again, Manolas is going to be out for a couple more weeks. Fazio will be returning from suspension. So it'll be curious to see what he does against Spal, but just lastly, just to end it here, if you were Ranieri, what would you do at goalkeeper? Because I, I thought Olsen, again, I don't know what it is about him because, again, um, that own goal wasn't really his fault at all. Uh, that was horrendous by Juan Jesus. But, my goodness, he just, yeah. But um, the reaction was all. I don't know what it is. Even when he dives for the ball, like it looks like his brain has problems comp- telling his body that <laughs> – you know, it looks you're allowed yeah. to jump. Like when he dives, he looks like a building that just got blown up, and he just collapses, like someone having a seizure. I think he has. I, I think he has just problems reading the play, and that's not a a, a problem that a goalkeeper should have. <laughs> but the the. the I, I don't know. I just think he, 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 he the, the, this defense is not helping at all. So everything to him seems sort of impossible, and you could see it yesterday. He was just like jumping sideways for anything it, it, it seems like he's putting on a show at times yeah it's um it's really really bizarre and i i think it's totally fair to say that he has faced an absurd amount of shots and i think a lot of the numbers don't really fall in his favor simply because of that but he, he just does not command the area very well his distribution of the ball is not good whatsoever so if it was you, I think there is a chance we, yeah, I think there is a there. chance. Yeah, I think there is a, under Ranieri. I think there is a chance to see Mirante. I, I just don't. I, I think if we find ourselves in a position where where Olsen is really making us take huge risks, then then there is no discussion about it. This is it's we just cannot make errors and and. We know our squad is flawed. We we have again. This is something that I want to address. This team's physical condition is 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 just horrid. And 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 I I I, I, I would have sacked Di Francesco just for the fact that he's hired all these people that are not capable of taking care of our players. I mean, yesterday after 70 minutes, uh, we, we didn't have any gas. Uh, we had players who are getting cramps. We, we, we have had so many muscular injuries. It's ridiculous. And, and so this team is already riddled enough with injuries and, and, and flaws and, and, you know, players that – haven't really shown up like Pastore or Chorich. Uh, so to have a, to add to that a goalkeeper that you know makes you lose points, that's not something that Roma can afford to do. So 
if things if things go south or if things start to go south, uh, then I'm expecting to see Mirante. I think so too, Andy. I think we'll see him. So, Andy, we will let you go now. We will chat later in the week ahead of the critical match against Spal. So we will uh, we'll let you go now, so we can chat later in a few days. Thanks, Andy. All right, so that was Andy and I, and now I will bring on my my good friend, Daniel Lissoni, to discuss uh, Roma, Manchi, Di Francesco, Ranieri, pretty much everything that has transpired in the past week. So let me bring him on now, uh, and then I'll just end the episode after he is done talking. So uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you could continue to rate, like, subscribe, all that good stuff, it really, really helps. Um, so we will uh, bring Daniel on now. And again, thank you so much. All right. And Danny is here with me now. So, uh, Danny, you and I, I think we've agreed and disagreed at some points on Monchi throughout his time at Roma. We're in a group chat and there seems to be quite differing opinions on his time, his purchases, his sales. But when you when you learned that he was leaving after Francesco, what did you make of it? In your mind, was it a positive or a negative? Um, well, I think it's a positive, um, although difficult, you know, to to say that myself because um, we all we all had great hopes when he joined the club. Um, I think he is probably uh, a good sporting director. Uh, I'm not sure even why it's gone wrong for him at Roma. Um, but I do think that both Monchi and Di Francesco were culpable for the way we were playing at the moment and our performances. So I, I think both had to go. Um, and also also in terms of practical uh, practicalities, I think you need the next sporting director to start preparing uh, for the next transfer window. And um, I'm not sure if it will be Masara who, who will get that responsibility in the summer or is, if he'll just be there uh, as an interim. Um, but I think it's important to start planning already for next season, even if we don't really know whether we will finish fourth or fifth or sixth. Um, but initially, when I heard the news, I thought it was fair. I thought Monchi and Di Francesco both deserved uh, to leave. I think they both have questions to answer for. Um, but at the same time, a lot of disappointment considering how excited I was in the beginning when Monchi joined. So I know one player you and I definitely probably disagree on is Nzonzi, if I'm not mistaken. I know you haven't been the biggest fan of him. I think he's been misused terribly, and I still think he's a good player. But what do you think? So so you just said you're you're not sure why it went wrong for Monchi at Roma, but do you think it was simply too much trust in Di Francesco? Do you think it was he got the summer all wrong? If you could put your, if you could pinpoint just one thing in your mind, what was it for you that just it, it turned things from you know you're very excited and hopeful for Monchi to where you got to the point where you felt almost relieved that he was leaving? Well, I would say. Um, I know a lot of people will be upset with the transfer windows, uh, the summer transfer windows that he was in charge of. Um, I think there are still players that he brought in that can be you know, salvaged or saved. Um, in fact, in Zonzi, I mean, um, I haven't been the biggest fan, but I still think with the right coach next season or perhaps even under Ranieri, he could 
uh, turn it around. Um, but then there's also players like Pastore who I don't think can be. But I think for me, um, the two things, one was a somewhat smaller uh, issue was that we just didn't uh, buy a centre-back in, in January. Um, I would have even gone with Domagoy Vida, who was rumoured. I don't know if that was realistic or not. But I think we needed someone there because uh, I think we're largely struggling um, because of the fact that Fazio, Marcano and Juan Jesus are not up to the level we need, especially in a Champions League knockout game. Um, and so for me, that was one of the final straws with uh, Monchi for me. And then, you know, you coincide that with the fact that he just refused to sack Di Francesco when I think it was quite clear that even if Di Francesco has a lot of potential or had really good results last season, I think it was quite clear that we just needed a change right now just for, you know, change's sake, almost just to bring a different personality, have someone else talking to the players, managing the players. And I think already I'm personally starting to feel a lot more optimistic just listening to Ranieri. And... Um, you know, it remains to be seen if we will make fourth. I think it's very challenging. But I think it was just the refusal to sack Di Francesco and let it continue for so long. I mean, I'm not even sure why he was so, uh, you know, almost obsessed with keeping Di Francesco because it's not that in this business in football that you can't sack a manager. It doesn't mean that, I mean, you can make a mistake and hire the wrong manager or renew the wrong manager. But you know, you could have, uh, he could have, he could have saved it. He could have sacked De Francesco, chosen the next coach, and continued. So, there seems to be, or at least the way I'm perceiving things, there seems to be two different mindsets on the next sporting director. You have people who want someone who's similar to Monchi. We saw the name uh, Frankfurt's manga Ben Manga came out within the last few days as a potential replacement, the chief scout of the German side. And then you have other sort of a different mindset where people are more hopeful in grabbing someone like a Sabatini, a Italian sporting director who knows the league, who understands the landscape and probably has a better understanding of the environment at Roma. Where do you come out on that? Um, well, I think it's likely we won't be in the Champions League next season. Uh in terms of the probability, but in that case, we will need someone who's able to, you know, buy players who perhaps uh, are not worth a lot, uh, perhaps younger players and a, perhaps a veteran or two. Uh, kind of like a Sabatini window, I would say, we would need to have in the summer. And for me, I think I would give Masara the, the chance because he worked under Sabatini for, I think, close to 10 years uh, yeah, from yes. Palermo all the way to Roma. And um, as I understand from reading some some articles in the past, that you know it's Masara that really has strong links in South America with uh, some of the talent there, and so I would be kind of more edging on the side of giving him a go because I mean he would know the league and he would be able to have some contacts to get you know perhaps a young Argentinian, Brazilian, whatever it may be, where we won't have the money to bring in more established players like we've done recently, like perhaps uh, Nzonzi or Pastore. So. Um, people are referred to it as Moneyball or whatever it is by, by low, sell high but uh, that could be the reality and in that case uh, I, I think I lean on the side of giving uh, Masara a chance So a lot of people point to and it's this past summer transfer window I feel is like one of the most divisive topics that I, I can remember frankly 
at Roma. Obviously, Pastore was horrible, but what what about that past summer irked you the most? Was it was it necessarily a purchase like Olsen, or was it a sale such as Strootman, Nangolan? What what was it about this past summer that it just seemed to just all go wrong? I mean, hindsight obviously being twenty twenty, but what is it about this past summer? Because I frankly I don't know if it's one thing or if it's a collection of things. There's just something about this past summer that really, in my opinion, just leaves a terrible taste in everybody's mouth. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think it's a collection of things. Um, like I said earlier, I think there are players that, that Monchi brought in who we will be able to salvage if we get uh, the right coach, which, which is another decision to make. But uh, I think a lot of people slated Cristante perhaps too, too early and and um, even in Zonzi, I think he could. Yeah, I think it's probably worth giving him another season. Um, I think the Pastore uh, transfer was a bit of a, a final straw for a lot of a lot of other fans. You know, after you know perhaps Defrel and Schick not not firing and um, other signings like that. You know, also the problems in, at centre back. I think for me were the biggest things. I mean, we bought Hector Moreno on cheap. Uh, then we got Marcano, and that didn't really work out uh, either of them. And then we spent like five million plus six in add-ons for William Bianda, who doesn't seem fit for playing in the Primavera team. Uh, and I think the total neglect of the defense for me was was really the biggest problem. Uh, I think it's an area that we're screaming for help. And um, if we finish outside the Champions League and have to lose Manolas, I mean, if, I could potentially see us losing Manolas, Juan Jesus, Fazio, Marcano all in one summer. You're basically starting afresh with centre-backs, which is also not a great uh, thing to look forward to. Uh, and so for me, I think the summer was just, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but uh, the Pastore transfer was, you know, terrible. I think it's one of our worst transfers ever considering the wages, uh, the transfer fee, the fact that it was quite well reported that he had... Um, injury problems. He hadn't played a lot of games over the last two seasons. And so it was a bit of a bizarre signing. And then you, you even throw in the fact that he doesn't seem to fit De Francesco's system at all. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Pastore's signing is harsh on the player because I, I was always a fan of his. But I think that was the final straw for a lot of fans. And then you know you couple that in with a lot of the fans losing some of their favorite players like Strutman and Nangolan, although I think their time was up at Roma. Um, you can see why it was a bit of a disappointing summer for fans, you know. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I, I think it's a collection of all of this. But Ranieri is here, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you mentioned you were optimistic. So surely now you feel that Roma at least have a significantly better chance at the Champions League than had Di Francesco Sedan. Uh, definitely, I think we were. I think we were certain to miss uh, the Champions League with Di Francesco, and now we have, you know, twelve games left to try salvage it. Uh, and I am optimistic, um, but we do have a few injury problems at the moment. And I saw some stats that you know Empoli, in the last seventeen games, only four occasions did they not uh, did they fail to score, and that was against Milan, Lazio, Inter, and Torino teams in the top 10, um, whereas we've had really defensive problems all season. And uh, if Manolas won't be there uh, tomorrow on Monday, uh, it's going to be a problem because we've only kept, I think, uh, we've only kept three clean sheets 
since uh, since since October, and that was against Parma, Virtus, Entella, and Chievo. So it seems certain that Empoli will score. It seems certain uh, that we might struggle to score ourselves. Um, but I hope the Ranieri effect, uh, the immediate you know optimism he's added um, that I'm feeling, um, will be will be felt on Monday by the squad. So to end it here, one last question. And you said probability-wise, and it's true, the math right now is against Oroma making the Champions League. So let's just say in the in, in this scenario that they don't make the Champions League. We all know that it it's evident that they'll have to make sales and they'll have to make very um, economically friendly purchases. So if you were the sporting director and you knew that you had to make, obviously, the big Plufalenza on a couple of players, who would you sell, A, and B, who would you try to keep? Because obviously with Rome every summer, there's names that are rumored who are going to be leaving. But you can't have, you, you have to at least keep some semblance um, of the squad intact. I mean, I, I feel like you can't tear down the entire thing because then you're risking the, the, the following season and even making the Champions League in that case. So how would you, in the event that they don't make the Champions League, how would you want the summer to play out? Um, I've been thinking about it, and um, I think there are probably three sales that, for me, would have to be done um, if we don't finish in the Champions League. And The first would be Dzeko, who I think is a very good player and could be a great option for Schick on the bench in future seasons, but if you're not in the Champions League, I don't think you can afford a player like him, and you could maybe still get a little bit of money for him. Uh, the second would be Unda, who uh, who is really good and, and, and very, very good. But I think uh, there are a lot of clubs who would be prepared to pay a fee that he isn't actually worth. Uh, and so I would probably cash in on him. Uh, and then I think, uh, thirdly, um, I think you could make a good plus Valenza on um, Florenzi. Um, if you mm-hmm. can get 15 million on him... That's 15 million straight uh, on the accounts. And um, for me, I think uh, he's a nice guy, but for me, he hasn't been a, a, a footballer for our level that we need for the last four years almost. And um, I would definitely be I, would be, I would be more than okay with selling him, um, especially if these kind of sales meant that you could keep Manolas, who will be difficult to keep because, I mean, he stayed quite a few seasons now and perhaps you know this is one of his last ones to to get a move to a bigger club but for me those those would be my starting points I, I would try get rid of Pastore but I'm not sure how much that'll bring in uh, and like I said earlier I would I would I would keep some faith within Zonzi as well so you know those would be I think it's 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 really important to keep Manolas most of all because the rest of the center backs are not worth keeping and so you don't want to have a complete up upheaval at center back you know you need to keep someone there uh and he's really important sure and then so real quick one last one certainly you have to upgrade for molson no um i know (laughs) i know you're not a big fan um (laughs) i think he i think he faces too many shots per game to be that's completely fair yeah more than average but uh i mean if you can do something there definitely do it uh he's he's not uh I mean, it's a big drop-off from Allison to him. So if there's someone on the market, uh, definitely take it. Fair enough. 
All right, Danny, thanks so much for coming on again. I know it's it's been almost a year, I think, since the last time you were on, so we'll have to do it again soon. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it.